0: So Calvin, it, it's great to be in Antigua, but it's not exactly the tropical paradise
1: that I was expecting today. Well, it is tropical in, in that it's tropically wet, right. right, and still warm.
0: Calvin Ayer backs Bitcoin SV through his venture fund Air Ventures, yeah. as the owner of CoinGeek, and as a close friend and associate of Bitcoin's inventor, Dr. Craig Wright. Today, he talks about the next steps he wants to see to promote BSV adoption. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. Calvin, thank you so much for uh, doing this in your beautiful house mm-hmm. in Antigua. Is this, do you consider this home? Or you, I know you've got houses all around the world.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of my homes, but um, uh, this is my relaxation home. This is where I come to recharge my batteries from all the uh, craziness out in the real world. Yeah, I mean, it, I,
0: I would think that it would be quite hard to get down to work here because it's such <laughs> a beautiful spot.
1: Not really. I, I find it, I can really sort of do some deep, deep thinking here with less distraction. So, yeah, for me, it's good. It works. Right.
0: Well, I wanted to ask you about the, the big uh, event coming up in Dubai. It's the BSV Global Blockchain Convention, which I think in previous years might have been called a CoinGeek conference. Mm-hmm. What's the thinking behind that change?
1: Well, the CoinGeek's a, a media brand, and uh, it, it was something that we myself and my team came up with early on and when I came up with the concept I was in Spain actually Malaga in Spain at the time and staying in a hotel and I dreamed up this idea of starting a conference series because I have a background in producing sports gaming conferences back from my previous life so I thought well let's just brand it with um, the media site that we had and that worked okay but we've evolved our thinking over time and become more and more focused on enterprise and for us the, the Coin geek term is a little bit too flippant and coin is too associated with crypto, which we have nothing to do with. So what we want to do is get a name that's more descriptive of our enterprise focus and also have the the trading ticker of the underlying token of the platform itself. So that was what we came up with. I think it is a good fit.
0: I mean, as the host of CoinGeek Conversations, I, I feel a little bit protective of the word CoinGeek, but it's not yeah. being phased out altogether.
1: Right? It never will be. What we're doing is we're keeping it as the name of the media, and CoinGeek will still be the, the, the primary media sponsor for the conference series. Right. So, uh, CoinGeek is going to be around for a long time. <laughs> good.
0: That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned uh, the, the, the focus on enterprise. Hmm. Is that... How, how big a Change is that? I mean, what about the entrepreneurs who are inventing consumer apps and things that use build on BSV?
1: I see them as two of the same things, because presumably everybody that's trying to create an app hopes that it's going to scale to enterprise size. So to, to me, they're the same things. All, the successful uh, internet startups are going to need the same enterprise blockchain. There are two uh, sort of ways to look at the same uh, opportunity and the same potential for the tech.
0: Right. Well, so in terms of the agenda for Dubai, what have been the developments since the previous conference
1: that you think need to be exposed and and discussed? Well, I know a lot of people have opinions that range over a whole bunch of things, but my personal opinion is the biggest change since last conference is that Craig has proven to everybody smart in the world. I mean, if you're conflicted and intentionally want to deny that Craig is Satoshi, then that's fine. But that case in Florida that he just won, the Kleiman case, Kleiman versus Wright, uh, it was clear that the jury was not persuaded that Craig had done anything wrong. In fact, the fictional cloud of fraud has been removed off of Craig's shoulders. And as a result, the serious engineers who have been studying Craig's technology uh, feel that the reputational risk has also been removed. and And people have been reaching out to Craig and to our community. And we've got a lot more serious people directly involved publicly. Uh, The most obvious one is Latif Ladid, who's on the Internet Standards Committee, and he's also a significant influencer in the IEEE um, conference series and newsletter, and that's the the big uh, Electrical Engineering Association. And through him, Craig has become a keynote speaker in the entire conference series and is publishing his information about BSV, the original Bitcoin protocol, to the IEE newsletter, and that's, to me, profound.
0: Right. For people who want to catch up on this, Dr. Craig Wright, the inventor of Bitcoin, there's uh, a lot of information available on the CoinGeek website to catch up with everything he's involved with and the Kleiman case Correct. Uh, in Florida.
1: I, I would add that uh, he, Craig has his own blog, net, and uh, he publishes all his work there, and in fact, Latif. Uh, had been reading all of his stuff. And, and when he reached out for Craig after Craig won that big uh, court case, uh, that was what he was asking him about. He, his exact question was, is it true that I'm reading this correctly, that BSV is going to integrate this way into IPv6? And, of course, Craig says, yes, it is.
0: <laughs> right, because because Craig had uh, been aware of this technology even when he was writing the white paper and the technology itself is now coming into its
1: own, it seems. Right. I'm no electrical engineer, but in layman's terms, as I understand, the technology IPv6 has been out for a long time. Uh, It's not been adopted as rapidly as had been expected. And I believe one of the reasons is because it needed the payments um, capability that at scale with nano transactions for valuing all data in the world, And that hasn't existed until Craig invented the original Bitcoin, which is now BSV. And so Latif approached Craig because he realizes that for his vision to be attained, for IPv6 to be the dominant internet protocol globally, he needs BSV. And that's what we're doing right now, working together to educate the world about what the opportunity is with those two married technologies. I mean, the world...
0: Uh, has moved on as well since the last conference, and there's been um, a lot of activity in the whole uh crypto sector, yeah. NFTs, and stuff. Yes. how do you feel about all that? Because it's it's sort of a parallel universe, in a way, correct?
1: Isn't it? Yes, yeah, there crypto has very little to do with what Craig's invented. Bitcoin to do. Uh, it's just unfortunate that people are have stolen uh, the Bitcoin name and, and various other IPs that Craig's correct, cr- created and are using them over in, cre- in crypto and that they've decided that they want to try and cancel Craig and Satoshi and his ideas in order to continue to feast off of his uh, his ideas and inventions. Uh, so that's the p- main point of conflict. The, the business models are fundamentally different though. so it's it's, it's only that they want to steal Craig's stuff for their ideas. Uh, that there's a conflict. But uh, we see that going away as more and more people realize what this technology was invented to do. And that, Craig, is in fact Satoshi and is worth listening to.
0: When you have uh, some event like the convention that's coming up in Dubai, Mm -hmm. in your mind, are you talking to people who are in that existing world of so-called crypto, or are you reaching out beyond them to people who haven't even thought about it? Yeah.
1: Other than when people from the crypto world attack Craig in their efforts to steal from him, I don't think about them at all, because they're meaningless to what we're trying to do. That is just complete aberration of the side. All my focus is on educating people that can actually use this technology to solve big data challenges, value data on the next generation of the internet. So I'm looking at serious business people and serious tech people, people who aren't already conflicted with legacy problems. I might add. So as a result, we see we're getting a lot more easier penetration in Europe and Asia and Africa than in the United States, where you've got a lot of these big legacy companies, Silicon Valley and the U.S. owned payment companies that are that are feel threatened by this technology. What in in terms of just illustrating
0: the kind of use that we might be talking about with data yeah what what do you see as the the kind of low-hanging fruit what would what would be the sort of simplest area in which this would obviously be a
1: useful thing yeah you can automate nearly everything that governments do automate them and make them more transparent and uh, honest and save governments a lot of money so that's a massive area um, there's all sorts of different big data collaboration uh, possibilities such as in medical where you can have uh, get rid of all the silos of data and ha- ha- with this technology and its ability to scale aboundedly, you can have all these various databases able to communicate with each other. Uh, the other, big thing is on the internet. Uh, we've got the ad models in Silicon Valley, which is why they're threatened. Instead of having those ad models, you can actually now use nano payments and value data. People can own their own data. Uh, you don't have to give it to the, uh, the um, social media companies in order to use their product. So there's going to be a paradigm shift when this stuff comes out, and it's going to be painful for certain industries. Banking is not one of them. That's a misinformation when people say that this technology was designed to get rid of banking. It's not. Banking will have to adapt to this technology. And in fact, the smart banks are already doing it. The smart banks that that figure out how this technology can make their lives better and reduce costs are the ones that are going to be the big winners in this. Uh, But there will be losers. I I think credit card companies are, unless they can figure out how to adapt, if, if they think that They can fight this technology. As far as I'm concerned, it's in the wild now. If if their whole strategy is based on trying to kill this technology and they don't have a a, a plan B that allows them to have a business with this technology being in existence, then they're not going to be around. Do you think that... And that's why they're scared and attacking.
0: Right. This technology exists and um, there are people working on its implementation. How much of it is a challenge now in terms of just persuading people to use it as opposed to technical development, would
1: you say? There's a lot of different vectors of use of this. And when I first got involved, I actually, like everybody else, thought, well, this technology is so simple to understand, zero-cost payments, why isn't everybody going to use it for payments? Well, the obvious reason is because of the... Uh, Established interests attacking and and creating misinformation around the technology. I believe that this technology will now uh, get used initially mostly for managing things in the back end and a a lot of applications are going to spring up hopefully on the internet using IPv6 where this technology is going to be running things in the background in a way that couldn't be done previously, and at a level of efficiency that was never possible before, and people are just going to be using apps on the internet, and they have no idea that this technology is actually running at all behind. So I think that might be the biggest driver, and you'll notice in our conference series that we're focusing a lot more in that direction of uh, either existing enterprises or startups that are um, using the technology to manage things in the back.
0: So... Are we looking to um, interest like the big consultancy companies or who are the customers? That
1: would be a good thing. I think already we've got IBM as an example, probably others, but what I know for sure is IBM. Uh, they're working on some projects with this technology and that's educating their engineers about how this stuff works. Uh, I hope over the next little while with Craig on the, the IEE conference series with all the big consulting firms are members of that and reading that, those newsletters that Craig is publishing to, I hope we engi- uh, educate these, the big consulting companies so that they understand what this technology can do, so they, in fact, become evangelists for us when they are brought in to solve technical problems in big data for but possibly non-technical companies. And they say, well, we understand the problem, and that can be solved by this piece of technology here. So hopefully we, th- it, this starts to grow where we have other people selling the... Um, Factual information for us.
0: I mean, people know you as a sort of huge backer of Bitcoin SV. But can you explain to me in what ways you are backing it? What, what exactly is your involvement?
1: In a nutshell, the biggest way I'm backing it is financially. So uh, that's through a number of means. I, um, my, the only media that accurately covers enterprise blockchain is CoinGeek, which is where we're sitting here today. Um, so I'm, I'm behind that. That's my, my product. I, I'm, I'm also a major backer of the Bitcoin Association, which is the, the one that creates the, uh, the industry standards for this platform itself. Um, my venture capitalism is the it, it, operation, Air Ventures, is the largest venture capitalist uh, organization focusing on startups that are interested in using this technology in unique ways to create business models that couldn't exist before. And uh, just in general, I'm a big uh, supporter of uh, helping Craig defend himself from the unfair and illegal attacks that are coming from both uh, established uh, industries like out of the U.S., mostly uh, payments industry in the U.S., and Silicon Valley in the U.S., and also from the anarchist crypto bros that uh, also feel threatened by his technology.
0: The climate case has concluded, although there may be some appeals and so on. And the, uh, but there are many other cases sort of in the pipeline, yes. I think. I mean, is, is that a prospect that you relish, that there's going to be continuing news of these court battles around uh, uh, Craig
1: Wright? I, I actually wish that the court cases were all over. However, there's no other path forward because Craig needs to use the court. That, that's what they're there for, is for people that are attacked like him unlawfully to use the courts to set the record straight. So there's no other path forward. But let's not be, not forget that the uh, Kleiman case, Craig was a defendant. And in the big COPA case that's coming, Craig's also defendant. So at the same time that people are crying about Craig going to the courts to defend himself, uh, they're actually also simultaneously using the courts to try and attack Craig. So they can't have it both ways.
0: Right. So he, in fact, even if he said, I don't want any more court cases, he, he, he wouldn't yeah. have that choice.
1: And Craig will win the appeal on the uh, um, Kleiman case. There's no way that there's any grounds to legitimately overturn that uh, jury decision. So that, from, from my perspective, that one's in the, in the bank. Uh, but Craig's going to win. I predicted this years ago. You can go back and look it up on the Internet. I said Craig would win all his cases, and he will. He will win every case. Why? Because all the facts and all the witnesses support what really happened. And the other side is just using misinformation, a cloud of foggy inf- misinformation to try and uh, discredit him. And they're just kicking a can down the road and hoping something happens, like maybe Craig gets hit by a bolt of lightning or something. But, yeah, Craig, Craig will win.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're
1: very close to him.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you discuss the sort of strategy of the court case. What, what's his sort of mood about all this? Is he, is he as optimistic as you are?
1: Yes, yeah. Craig, Craig firmly believes that he's going to win And it all. has no...
0: Uh, worry about spending so much time on on these legal matters.
1: Well, it's frustrating because you imagine how much... I mean, the guy's a prodigious inventor of things, not only in blockchain space, but like in general. Him and I just started another company in Switzerland that nobody knows about, and it's an IP lab for his inventions that don't have anything to do with blockchains because he wanted a place to put them. So, uh, you know, imagine... I mean, Craig's going to go down history as one of the largest filers of patents in, in, in the world, if not the largest, and all the while doing it while he's being attacked and forced to deal with these massive, uh, all this massive litigation overhead and continuing to do multiple university degrees at the same time, because Craig has Asperger's. Asperger's and uh, one of the things unique about him is that he actually needs to keep uh, sort of his brain with a load on it. So he's studying this stuff. But then he's also tactical about it, though, or strategic, I should say, in that uh, he's actually, the few things he studies, just because he's interested in it, like medieval art, I mean, who knows, and, and his uh, PhD in theology. Uh, but most of the things you'll look at actually have some kind of a pattern to them where he's actually got a target that he's aiming at, that he wants to learn about things to apply his inventive brain to fix things over there.
0: I mean, people people may say that you and he are very different, but I guess (sighs) you complement each other.
1: Absolutely. And and I would add Stefan as well. I mean, let's- Stefan Matthews. Yeah, Stefan Matthews. Let's just go back to that uh, day in uh, June of 2015 when uh, Stefan called me up and told me that he had Satoshi Nakamoto and that we were they were coming over to see me and a couple of days later they were at my place and the three of us drank wine on my deck in my Penthouse in Vancouver and we cooked up the plan to save the original protocol and that's what that's why this ecosystem even exists so the three of us amazingly really complemented each other and we're still the three most most influential people in this ecosystem today so it's kind of an amazing thing and that was 7 years ago
0: yeah how far into the sort of plan do you think we've got? It, it seems to have taken a long time to.
1: to Absolutely, evolve. that's because of who we're fighting against and the dirty tricks that they're prepared to. Illegal. Is it another seven years or? No, I think in the next two years. I think getting that the, the fictional cloud of fog off his shoulders is going to rapidly speed things up because now we've got real serious people interacting with them directly. That, like as I said earlier, the reputational, the risk of reputational damage had been removed in their eyes. So we've got real serious people talking to Craig now. If people are
0: wondering about the, uh, the convention in Dubai, just briefly, why should
1: people tune in? I think people should come. I mean, this is like Woodstock coming to these conferences. That's how influential this technology is going to be and how it's going to change so many things. And it's going to touch everything. People don't uh, really understand that yet. So I think just if you have any sense of history, you you should want to actually be at these things and meet some of the people involved when it's so possible to approach them. That said, we're also going to be live streaming it for free. So if you want to uh, watch it, you can watch it all online as well.
0: And also, we're sort of over the worst of COVID at least, I hope, so you can actually shake hands with people (laughs) and talk to them. (laughs) You certainly can, yeah. I I just want to end by asking you about Antigua because you're closely involved here, with um, blockchain initiatives as well.
1: Yes, I was involved in in pushing to get them to get a Digital Assets Act. It was written by a number of people, uh, influencers uh, around the world and stuff, including uh, Dr. El Court here. Uh, It's been passed into law. I I brought in the first uh, group that's got the, well, well, there's probably other people who have applied, but um, I brought in the group that's uh, likely to get the first license here, which is Fabrique. And uh, I've also been instrumental in pushing for the government to change its laws to make it easier for knowledge workers to live here and uh, um, to make the island more green, to get off the, uh, the oil addiction and uh, get more uh, renewable energy. So I think Antigua is going to have a place. It's going to be my home for the rest of my life, and uh, I think Antigua is going to be a, a part of us educating the world about this technology and I hope uh, that some of my other charity initiatives in educating people on the island with my scholarships and whatnot uh, creates the talent pool here that, that that the people on this island can really benefit from this as well. Right, so you're not going to be
0: coming here to get a, get away from work. <laughs> going to, you're bringing it, you're bringing yeah, it with you're, you.
1: Yeah, exactly. But when you're, you, first of all, you're going to be working in a beautiful spot. And when the work's done, you can relax and... Uh, Beaches and uh, have a you know rum yeah. cocktail. So it's, I,
0: I've uh, heard the, we're, the weather is slightly better in London today, actually, than it's, it's a little rainy <laughs> here today. <laughs> I thought you brought the weather. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't blame me.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Calvin. And for anyone who's watching, the uh, convention in Dubai is the twenty-fourth to the twenty-sixth of May. So we hope you can join us there. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Many thanks indeed to Calvin Ayer. There'll be no CoinGeek conversations next week as we're getting organised for the Dubai Convention. But I'll be back with another show on June the 2nd, the week after the convention. So I hope you can join me for that. Until then, thanks very much for listening and goodbye.